Legally Blonde, Suits, My Cousin Vinny. All badass lawyers, all different. Which begs the question, what type of lawyer do you want to be? Don't waste another second thinking, ugh, I don't even know what types of lawyers there are. Trust us, we've been there. Let's put a stop to that once and for all. Go take the 90-second quiz from new lawyer now what coach Angela Vorpal to give yourself a clear picture of the best fit type law for you. Go to www.whattypeoflawyerquiz.com and take the quiz today. Once you've taken the quiz, send us a DM on Instagram to let us know what type of lawyer you got. We can't wait to hear. to Law School Podcast. I'm Sam. And I'm Haley. And this week we have a fellow OCU alum, Madison Bodison. She has a consulting website for all you law students out there, and we are so excited to share her story of being a recent law grad. Let's dive in. Well, guys, please help me welcome our guest, Miss Madison Bodizan of Legally Madison. Hey, Madison, how are you? Hey, gals, I'm good. How are y'all? You know, we're hanging in hanging there. Hanging in there. <laughs> That's usually the response. <laughs> right? So, Madison, tell everybody a little bit about yourself. Well, I am a first year associate, I do plaintiff's civil litigation. Um, I have only been out of law school, you know, not even a year, so still have that fresh, that fresh feeling, um, still traumatized from the bar exam. Oh gosh. Yeah. I haven't gotten over that yet, but you know, born and raised here in Oklahoma city and still here and don't plan on leaving. Okay. That's awesome. So tell us, well, we know of course, but <laughs> tell everybody where you went to law school and why you decided to go to law school. So I went to Oklahoma City University, um, so just a year ahead of y'all. And um, I initially went to law school because I didn't really know what I wanted to do. I took the LSAT in undergrad because I wasn't sure what the next steps were. Um I have a degree in public relations, but I knew I didn't want to necessarily pursue a career in that field. Mm -hmm. And in undergrad, I worked in professional and collegiate sports and thought, oh, I'll go to law school and be an agent. Well, I get to law school and realize all that is, for the most part, is negotiating contracts. Yep. You guys know this. That's boring to me, right? (laughs) Like, I like to be in the courtroom. I like to be the one to talk. So I was lucky enough one L year to get into mock trial and and do that, and it set me on the path to civil litigation where I am now. Love that. So you said, you know, that you got your degree in public relations and you worked in collegiate sports and you thought you might be an agent. I feel like there's so many people that go to law school with that idea and like entertainment law, Mm -hmm. whether it's, you know, sports agent or, you know, acting agent. Right. So what do you think it was? I know you said mock trial, but whenever you were in law school, what was it that really, you know, sparked your interest in becoming a litigator? You know, how did you 
realized that there was a difference between transactional law and mm-hmm. being a litigator and, you know, was it a class or was it, like you said, kind of a mock trial, anything else? Um, in, I, I tell people it was, it, it's kind of this weird cliche, almost movie like scene mm-hmm. in mock trial. We're at regionals in new Orleans and we're in the civil courthouse in Orleans parish. And I'm up first. They, of course they make the one I'll go first. Right. Yeah. <laughs> we were up against South Texas college of law. Yeah. Um, our judge was, uh, she was a JAG in the air force. So, you know, like super intimidating full yeah. uniform. And I had to give our opening statement. I was terrified. Like, I didn't sleep the night before. I was freaking out all morning, you know, couldn't eat. And, y'all, I get to the podium, and it was the strangest feeling. I was, like, completely at peace, like, Mm -hmm. completely at ease. And I felt like, really, for the first time ever in my 23 years on Earth at that point, that I was where I was supposed to be. Yeah. And I was like, it was like a switch that flipped for me. It was like you stepped into a box of like, okay, it's time to shine. Yes, yeah. yes, for real. Like that sounds like a movie, but that's really how, how I felt in that moment. Yeah, no, I love that. I've heard many times people say, you know, stepping into the courtroom, their feet tingle, or mm-hmm. stepping into a classroom as a professor, their feet tingle, right? <laughs> yes. But I, I, I totally love that and validate that that is a true feeling. Yeah. And, that's a great answer, right? Like that's when you knew I'm going to be a litigator, yeah. right? I want to be in the courtroom. And so many people um, talk about and, you know, debate transactional versus mm-hmm, litigation. Mm-hmm. What's more fun? What's more boring? What's this? What it really, I think it comes down to what do you, what, yeah. what like gets you excited? Yeah. It's just, it's about how you feel like, sure. Could I go and negotiate contracts? Sure. Yeah. Am I going to feel fulfilled at the end of the day? Probably not. Yeah. Um, I just felt like my talents are best served in a courtroom versus, you know, at a negotiation table, right? So it's just about where you feel like you fit and will be fulfilled. Yeah. And just, you know, doing that trial work and being in the courtroom and stuff, it can change over time too, right? Oh, 100%. You know, maybe, yeah, I think that that's another thing to think about. So tell us what were some of like your biggest accomplishments and also your biggest struggles when you were in law school? Um, yeah. As far as the success thing, I mean, the kind of where I got a lot of validation was in that mock trial world. Um, I won best advocate at regionals yeah. and like as a one all, I was like, holy crap, like mm-hmm. maybe there's something to this. Right. Um, you know, I had my fair share of A's and A minuses throughout law school, but I never truly felt like those were necessarily accomplishments. Like I studied for them. Like I, you know what I mean? But, um, as far as accomplishments, I think really as a human, like becoming myself and feeling so much like myself and really just kind of coming into my full potential. Yeah. Um, it wasn't necessarily about a grade in a class or landing a particular internship or, you know, being in a particular position. You know, so many people are really into like SBA or different organizations. Yeah. Like that wasn't it for me. It was really, truly finding myself as cliche as that may seem. Yeah. Um, as far as struggles go, I mean, I think I'm in the same camp as a lot of, of law students with, you know, the 
absolute trash mental health that so many of yeah. us go through. Um, six weeks into one all year, and I was having the worst time with contracts. And which is funny because that's a lot of what I do now is contract litigation. But um, I remember at like 2 a.m., I mean, having like a total meltdown. Yeah. And which ultimately led to a diagnosis of anxiety disorder and being put on medication and having to navigate that throughout law school yeah. created a, a hurdle that I didn't see coming, right? And then I think a lot of law students don't see coming, especially if that's not something they dealt with prior to law school. Yeah. No, absolutely. I mean, we preach mental health and mental health awareness and just having that conversation as a first step always. Yes. Knowing that you're not alone. Yeah. And that you don't have to make any rash decisions and leave or whatever, right? Like I think so many times you walk out of a class and you're like, I can't do this anymore. Uh I can't do this anymore. I can't do this anymore. And the more you say that, the more you start to spiral. Yes. You know, I've cried many a times in the law school bathroom, right? Oh, oh, absolutely. So I kind of feel like you describing coming into who you are and understanding yourself, you know, you went from undergrad straight to law school, right? Yeah. And I think, do you feel like, in a sense, that mental health tie kind of like kind of goes together with like, I don't want to say like growing up, but like figuring out who you are, like blossoming in a sense, and then comes with that working on your mental health and figuring out who you are. I just it kind of ties together in my mind. It does, you know. We'll be right back. Hey guys, we want to take a moment to talk about something that has been a game changer for us busy lawyers, Audible. Yes, Audible has been our go-to platform for incredible audiobooks, offering an extensive library of thrillers, nonfiction, autobiographies, and mysteries. And guess what? We've got a special treat for you. Audible is offering a free trial to our listeners, and all you need to do is check the link in the show notes. It's the perfect opportunity to experience the magic of audiobooks without spending a dime. Speaking of thrillers, I know you are currently hooked on Never Lie by Frida McFadden. Samantha, can you tell us a little bit about it? Absolutely. The twists and turns in Never Lie have kept me on the edge of my seat during the workday and even when I'm on my daily walks. It's like having a suspenseful companion wherever I go. And for those looking for some financial wisdom, I have been engrossed in My Money, My Way by Kamuku Love. It's packed with practical advice on managing finances, perfect for anyone trying to navigate the complexities of money management. What we love most is the flexibility Audible offers. As lawyers, our schedules can be unpredictable, but with Audible, we can enjoy our favorite books on the go, whether we're stuck in traffic, hitting the gym, or waiting for a court hearing. So if you're ready to embark on a literary journey and discover the joys of audiobooks, click the link in the show notes to start your free trial with Audible. Trust us, you won't want to miss out on this fantastic offer. You have to, if you are somebody that struggles with mental health, you have to learn how to overcome that and mm-hmm. and deal with it in a healthy way in order to really become the best and most full version of yourself, right? Yep. Like, I still take medication. I still go to therapy, right? Yep. I still have a psychiatrist I have to see twice a year. 
But that has, I have learned to overcome those obstacles, manage that anxiety, manage those depressive episodes, and still perform for my clients and still provide the best resources for my students and my friends and my husband. Yeah. You have, it, it does tie together. It really does. Yeah. So tell us a little bit more about finding yourself. Like, do you feel like you kind of, I know you always joke about the glow up and like yeah. these different things, right? Yeah. And, I mean, but I think there's something to that, right? Yeah. I think you do find, you found yourself. Yeah. Like when you decided to go to law school and like for whatever crazy reason, right? You thought yeah. I'll do these things. Like there was a bigger plan involved. So tell us about that. You know, you know, growing up in high school and undergrad, I was kind of, you know, too loud, too much. Yeah. That, you know, uh, the kind of stereotypical descriptors of an alpha female, right? The, yeah. You're just too much. Like, Madison, you need to chill. Yeah. And in law school, obviously, you guys know, I'm still that way. Mm-hmm. But I got comfortable with that. Yeah. Because it led me to, you know, being able to have good connections with professors, being able to find a firm where I fit in as an associate and and be my most confident self, regardless of what people thought about me. Yeah. Right. There was a moment in <laughs> in evidence, my two L year, where somebody was asked a hypothetical question about um, hearsay. And they got it wrong. Mm-hmm. And of course, you know, evidence is a hard class, right? It is. Like yeah. it can be, those rules are so dense. And me, knowing the right answer in like the middle of class turns around and goes, uh, no, you're wrong. And started a whole debate and it turned out I was right. And like... That's something that undergrad Madison would have never done, but I knew I was right. I was so convicted in that, and I was not going to sit like it here. Just came out. Yeah, yeah. Like I'm not going to sit here and we're, you know, 65 of us waste two hours of class time. Wait, let's get this going. Yeah, like what are we doing? Yeah, you know. And that was a big, big part of showing myself. I can be confident. I can, you know, speak up. Speak up when yeah. I know the right answer, and it'll be fine. Yeah. And you won't be judged for it. If anything, it's what's needed. Right. I mean, yeah. I mean, and well, and you know, people are still going to judge you. They're still going to talk of behind course. your back, you Law know, school. I mean the world, yeah, right? Totally. But you have to do it anyway. If you feel convicted, you have to do it no matter what people are going to say. People yeah. are always going to talk, right? They're always going to talk about you yeah. behind your back, good or bad. Yeah. You have to just be confident in yourself, your abilities, and that you're doing the right thing. No, absolutely. So you started Legally Madison, mm-hmm. and you have your website and coaching, and you have different people that you work with. Mm-hmm. So before we dive into all that, what would you say is your you know top tip for the current law student? Oh, if, you had if to I had it just down. one? Yeah. If I had to tell all of you law students, one thing, have some self-compassion and give yourself some grace. I think looking back, I didn't give myself enough compassion or enough grace, and I wanted so much to be perfect. And there were times where I was so frustrated with myself or or didn't like myself, and that just led me to spiral. Mm-hmm. 
And, you know, we're not perfect regardless of, of what you may think you need to be as a law student or as a lawyer. Nobody's perfect. And you have to give yourself, you know, compassion and, and grace and know that you're going to graduate, you're going to pass the bar, you're going to become a lawyer. And having that confidence. Mm-hmm. I think that that's something that, you know, and I, we were just talking with someone the other day about how do you find that, you know? Mm-hmm. And I mean, even as a 3L, I struggle with that so much. Oh, I mean, I struggle with that every day at work. Yeah, and, and then having the conversation about imposter syndrome mm-hmm. and how much that's just something you feel and, like, you know, earlier when I was talking about crying in the law school bathroom. Yeah. You know, I think it's one of those things that, I mean, I genuinely remember walking out of the school and Samantha being there and our other friend. And they're literally the reason I didn't just get in my car and yeah. never come back. Yeah. And so I just feel like sometimes, you know, maybe you don't have those people with you. And like we were talking earlier, you know, you're on Zoom or mm-hmm. you're, you know, like... A, a girl who we're talking to who's a 2L just started going in person. Yeah. <laughs> the first time, like, in a year and a half. Yeah. So it's just, it sways, right? Like, yeah. the confidence and, like, you're talking about in mental health and the depressive states. Yep. I think I've battled with that this entire law school experience. Mm-hmm. And having to just, like, figure out, am I really, like, depressed? You know? Yeah. And what do I do about that? Yeah. And having conversations about it yep, and having people to lean on. So with all that being said, obviously, who, like, tell us why you started Legally Madison and, like, why you thought it was something that, you know, I feel like we've talked about it before Mm -hmm. and that it, you know, pulled on your heartstrings to do that. So tell us about that. I think there was a multitude of reasons. It wasn't just, like, one thing, Yeah, you know, looking back and and thinking through that this past week, I think kind of where it started was being given some advice by various law school administration about how to go about, you know, finding an internship or studying or doing these things and being like, "Mm, I don't know. Right. Like I'm an Enneagram six. I'm super skeptical. Okay. Like, I I may be the only six in law school ever, but, you know, I was told like as a 1L, like most of my students are 1Ls. And so my 1L year, I was told, do not send cold emails to find an internship. Lawyers get too many emails as it is, which is true. I get ungodly amounts of emails, right? But I'm like, well, then... How how else am I supposed to? Because how am I supposed to meet people how, and yeah, get their attention? Like, how, I wonder how, who said that. We can talk about that. We can talk off about that record. off, <laughs> off the record. <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> and I'm like, well, but then the only way that I can get an internship if I don't do that is OCIs. Well, I don't have the grades for those big law firms that do OCIs. So what am I supposed to do? Like, not work? Like, yeah, what's well, the answer here, like, people? What? Help me. Yeah. And I'm like, you know what? Screw that. I'm doing it anyway. And within a month of me emailing two dozen female partners in Oklahoma City, I had an internship for that summer. Two dozen female partners. I yeah. think that that's something that I like to hear. Oh, heck, absolutely. I, so did you just do research on yeah. people in the area that you liked? Yeah. I mean, I Felt had, like maybe you had could have... What did you think? Were you looking I mean, for mentorship? 
anything I was, like that? I was looking for, uh, one, I knew I wanted to do civil litigation, right? And so then I looked at all these firms, like smaller firms. I, I like midsize and smaller firms that had at least a couple of female attorneys. Yeah, right? okay. And then I just started sending emails. I sent an email like, hey, this is my name. I'm really interested. I'm a 1L. I've attached my resume and a writing sample. Mm, perfect. Boom. And... What was your writing sample? <laughs> <laughs> my 1L was my trial brief. Okay. Um, the writing sample I used, though, to get my my um, internship, which led to my associate position, was actual briefing that I'd done in another internship. Okay. I've heard uh, that that's the best. Yeah. Oh, yeah. absolutely. Real work product that yeah. gets filed and is seen by a judge, hopefully. Yeah. And, <laughs> and, uh, and so being told one thing, doing the opposite, because I don't listen to directions very well, <laughs> I... Um, I, it just really made me think, well, what else are we being told mm-hmm. that may not be the best thing for students as a whole or a student individually or that may be doing more harm than good? Yeah. Right? And like we were talking about the mental health thing. Mm-hmm. Law students and lawyers have such god-awful mental health, whether they want to admit it or not, because of all the pressure that is put on students by law schools. Yep. For no reason whatsoever. Preach it. <laughs> it's like, this is just totally like... A- I mean, you know, students are told, sacrifice everything. Your grades are so important. You know, you should be putting law school before your significant other, your personal life, your Drop family. Drop them if they're not giving... Exactly. Yeah. Like, exactly. What kind of mentality is that? It's... It's not a good one. Yeah. That's what it is. And really, it it got me to the point where I'm like, okay, so many students are suffering with mental health, which which leads them to suffering with mental health as a lawyer, right, which furthers the statistics of high divorce rate, high substance abuse, um, high suicide, all that horrible stuff that affects lawyers. And that starts in law school. Mm-hmm. And it's because law schools are putting unnecessary pressure on students to be the best of the best and creating this competition that's so unnecessary. We were just talking about that, weren't we? The Mm -hmm. competition. And we always say it's like a hazing culture. (laughs) They just pin us against each other. Honestly, it is. It really is. And for no reason. Yeah. Like, we're not competing against each other for jobs or internships. Or the bar. Or the bar. Honestly. Or the bar. You know, we can all pass <laughs> yeah. with the same score or whatever, right? Like yeah. it doesn't even matter. You know, and that's the thing. It's like you could be number one in your class, but if you don't pass the bar. Does it matter? It doesn't matter, right? No. And, you know, the other thing, too, that really bothers me being, you know, I'm a plaintiff's attorney and that is not necessarily a field where you have to be top of your class, right? You yeah. Know, right. The only two jobs out of law school where your grades, your class rank actually matter, yeah, big law mm-hmm. and federal clerkships, right? Yes. That's such a small percentage of, of law students who will mm-hmm. go into that profession. Where does that leave the rest of us? Helpless, right? And that's just <laughs> it's just it's, ridiculous. It is ridiculous. And it just makes you wonder, like, what, what do we do? And I mean, 
I'm sh- I know you've heard Samantha's story about email, cold emailing. Yeah. So have you told any of your coaches or anybody to yeah. do that? And like, yes. Has it worked for them? I mean, I tell them, right, they're just now, Getting they're all point. 1Ls, right? Yeah. So they're just now kind of at this point where like OCIs are starting cold emails. Cold emails have worked. Mm-hmm. They still work, yeah. right? Absolutely. And that... The the other big thing, too, that I have to tell them, because there's still, you know, where we were all at as 1Ls was we felt like, oh, crap, I have to beat out all my classmates and have to be better than them and smarter than them, which is crap. I'm trying to tell them you don't have to study 100 hours a week. You yeah. don't need an A. You don't even need a B. Literally. You just need a GPA high enough to graduate you need to not want to kill yourself every day, yeah, literally, and to be willing to study 300-plus hours to pass the bar. That's what you have you, to be willing to do. You could graduate dead last in your class, but if you pass the bar, somebody's giving you a job. It's yeah. going to happen. They're looking for them every day on LinkedIn. Honestly. Are you a licensed attorney in good standing with the bar? Yes. Yes or no? Yes. Like, that's it. Yes. Yeah, they're not asking, hey, where'd you graduate in your class? And like, hey, what was your GPA? And like, hey, yeah. what'd you make in contracts? I also think that law schools in general just need to stop scaring their students. Yes, it is fear-mongering. Yeah, they fear-mongering. just like want to scare you into everything. Like, you know, we talk to people who have taken the bar and like gone through law school and like, yeah, it can be horrible at times, but it's really not like the worst Ever. It's not. It's the worst thing that can happen to yeah. you. It's yeah. not. But law schools make it seem that way. And they make it seem like life or death. Yes. <laughs> they build in that fear and that uh, competition. And I think that's where right. that all derives it's from. so toxic. And I think it that, is. that toxic culture transfers into practice. Yes, it 110% does. Because also look at like firms and how they're set up generally. And like mm-hmm. how the same people who are toxic in law school end up at like firms who are like yeah they still become Mm -hmm. lawyers too like right those people in your class that you're sadly (laughs) that you're like oh you know not gonna name names ever but we all know it yeah and and i think it's just kind of like oh gosh you know you get across from them in the courtroom or you get an opportunity at a firm you just understand that there are just different types of cultures out there right and i think it the people who laugh off mental health in law school are the people who are going to laugh off mental health in practice and it's just, they laugh off, oh, I don't have an alcohol problem, I promise. And, but they definitely <laughs> are at the bar that's at the bottom of their law school building yeah. every day for happy hour after work instead of going home to their, their spouse and kids. Yeah. Exactly, and it's dangerous. 100%. So what do you tell – okay, so you, like you said, a lot of your coaches are one else. Mm-hmm. So oh, I just feel like – as three L's as a first year associate, like I said this earlier, I just like want to hug them and be like, bless your heart. Dude, yeah. You know, it's, I love you. Do you need anything? Like, as it a, really, I feel like a mom. Yeah, nurturing because you just feel like those times in one L where you just really felt scared. Yeah. Can like, you imagine the approach? Like, if they took an approach where they were more nurturing to the one L's and like, and the people nicer. Yeah. It would be so lovely. You know? And like, you know, guys, like, we want you to work hard, but you don't have to, you like, can literally to cry yourself to sleep every night. Uh, and, like, yeah. no one actually knows what they're doing. And, like, yeah. don't be yes. so scared. And that's the thing I, I, tell, I tell my one else, right? And I, I would tell any law student ever, tr- 
truly, we're all in this together. Like, as cliche high school musical as that sounds like, truly, you feel like this. Everybody else in your class feels like it too, whether they're willing to show it or admit it. Or not. But also the people who, like, take it by, you know, like, we support each other, right? And, like, finding the support to keep on going and, like, you know, venting and, like, talking about it, right? And there's, like, lots of people who just don't talk about how they feel. Right on the inside. They might be like, oh, like, I think I need to go work in big law because they've never had one person tell them, like, "Mm, you don't have to. to." No. But, you know. No. Can you imagine if, like, you started school during COVID and, like, you haven't talked to, like, anybody other than like Zoom, and, and then the one person OCI. telling you is the law school being yes. like, you need to do OCI. Like, can you imagine? Dude, no. And, no. And it was like, <laughs> you were saying there's such a small percentage of jobs and like yes. people that do that because like it's just a small percentage of the profession. Yes. Like, you know what I mean? Like, there's so many other jobs out there. Yes. So, okay, tell us where you work. And like you said, you interned and then now you have your, your first year associate. Yes. It's so exciting. So, my uh, beginning of my 3L year, I kind of I knew at that point I wanted to do plaintiffs work. I'd been in a plaintiffs firm prior to that, and I'd been at a defense firm prior to that. Um, I knew I wanted to do plaintiffs work. I really like the personal injury realm, and um, I'm not an ambulance chaser though. So just like <laughs> for the record, I love that. Um, although our office is located right between two major hospitals. So we hear ambulances all the time. But anyway, that's not strategic at all. Um, but I, the, the cold emailing thing again, I had walked by this firm, driven by this firm, honestly didn't even know what it was to like Googled it. Yeah. And because if you guys came to our office, you'd be like, is this like an architecture firm? Like, do you guys do like mm-hmm. interior design? Like, what is this? This yeah. place is too cool. And I Googled it. It's like plaintiff's work, like toxic torts and personal injury and insurance bad faith. And I'm like, where has this been my whole life, you know? (laughs) So I emailed Simone Fulmer, who's our founding partner. She's fantastic. And I was just like, I don't know if you're looking for an intern, but like, here's some writing samples. Like, let me know. Two hours later, I had a call from one of the partners wanting to interview me. Oh, wow. That's amazing. You're telling me. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. And I get there to the interview later that week and find out they're not even hiring an intern. They just wanted to, like, give me a chance because they were impressed by my writing samples. And I was like, oh, okay. I mean, sure. Well, by the next week, I had an internship. Yeah. And then fast forward to February. That was August. Fast forward to February. I'm being offered an associate position. Because you've been working there. Yeah. You've been doing good work. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And... So that's where I'm at. Um, the firm is Fulmer Sill. We do plaintiff's work, toxic torts, premises liability, car wrecks, insurance bad faith. My caseload is premises liability and insurance bad faith. Um, and I freaking love it. So when you were interning still and you mm-hmm. nec- you didn't have your job offer yet, yeah. how did you approach them? Like, did you drop little seedlings here and there and like, yeah, I'm looking for a job or like, how did you approach I'm that? I'm graduating. Don't forget. I mean, yeah. there, there was a point like, you know, I think it was like October, November where it was, I was brought into a meeting and told like, there's a real possibility for you to get hired here. And so then I was just like, okay, so like continue to bust my ass. Yeah. And then got the offer in February. Like, I was never like, hey, I'm only going to intern here if you hire me, right? Mm-hmm. Like, no, of course. Um, 
I just wanted the experience. And I knew that this was a very reputable, well-known firm and especially in like the toxic tort realm and just wanted some experience more than anything and lucked out really. Yeah. And it sounds like to me, you really enjoy the work. Oh, so it just was like a perfect fit. It really was. And it was, I mean, it was almost an accident. Like I went there thinking I want to do personal injury, like more like traditional, like car wreck type stuff. And I ended up, most of my cases is insurance bad faith. And so I'm fighting insurance companies when they won't pay out on a policy, right? And I didn't even know that existed before I worked here. Yeah. And that's most of what I do. And I, I love it. It's so interesting. There's so much case law on it. It's such a battle. Um, you know, a case that I helped try last May had been up on appeal three times on discovery issues related to what's relevant in this type of a case. Like, so interesting, right? That's the kind of case that, like, makes it in your, like, civil procedure. <laughs> exactly. Or, like, book. Yeah, 100%. pre-trial book. Yeah, because yeah. you're just like, geez, Louise. Yeah. yeah. But it's just, it's super interesting. Every day's different. I can wear overalls to work. Like, it's so chill. I love it. Okay, so as a first-year associate, how many trials have you done? So I did one in May that was a bad faith case, and then I assisted on a personal injury motor vehicle pedestrian case in August, and then another car wreck case the end of February, and then a bad faith case in March. So so you're going to be racking I've up in your first year. Like far more trial experience than like any first year associate ever. Yeah. It feels like it 100%. For real. Yeah. Like outside of, you know, people that are in like the DA's office, mm-hmm. the PD's office, yes, like the criminal realm, right? Yeah. No other civil firm is letting one L's or, or you know, three L's <laughs> yeah. or first year associates. First, yeah. Help with trials. They're like, no, get away from this. We don't want you to ruin it, you know? Yeah. But it obviously shows that. I mean, it's very, first off, I want to say don't cold email who, because like, (laughs) I'm like really still shook about that comment. I'm like terrible advice. Sitting here and thinking who could have said that? Zip it. No more. Don't say that. Yeah. Maybe it's the lady who didn't give me my resume for three months, but that's just, I don't know. I definitely, I definitely think that trial experience and like you talking about wanting to be a litigator it you really you were intentional with it. Yeah, you've been told so many times to be intentional with your first job yes. and like figure out what you want. And you knew that you wanted to be a litigator. Yeah, and you knew you wanted to be in the courtroom. Yeah, and I'm kind of having this issue right now with like what kind of law I love mm-hmm. and I really want to do, but it doesn't really get me in the courtroom. Yeah, so it's it's kind of just navigating that. Yeah, and what I'm going to do with my life after law school, right? Yeah, and where you're going to go with it. And I I definitely think that you know, being a litigator and doing personal injury and just torts. Yeah. Right. Like is something that it can just show you so much. Oh, absolutely. Teach you a skill set that 10, 15, 20 years down the road, you can take and go and do anything. Yeah. You're just going to always be thinking about that's, that's negligent. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Every, like when I was watching Harry Potter, I was telling her, I was like, this would not fly in this the is real negligent. world. No. <laughs> like, yeah. This would be lawsuits That's everywhere. it. And isn't that the bad, like law school and being a lawyer just makes you so jaded. You're like, mm, like you can't even watch TV because you're like, that's illegal. Yeah. 
that's not they shouldn't be doing that yeah like no Mm-mm. it makes you like nervous like yeah, yeah. really you <laughs> with see, all like, the ice talk, talking <laughs> to yes. somebody you're like don't talk literally yes absolutely oh, I, the temptation to roll my window down and yell ask for a lawyer at anybody that gets pulled over is so real i believe it <laughs> i mean i totally do you know you just work I, i've heard it time and time again when you go to law school you become a lawyer and you go out and you work no matter what you do. You you don't unlearn and you don't no. untrain your mind. And like as your one else, I'm sure I'm telling this to all our one else out there and people who are gonna be one else here in the next few years. You are gonna feel pain and growth and yes, all uncomfortable the and all everything. And it's just gonna be uncomfortable. But then you're gonna look up and you're gonna be a three L and you're gonna be yeah. first year associate and you're gonna be like. Wow, I, I I don't know how I got here, but I think totally different. I'm a totally, honestly different yes. person, and you know, it's kind of beautiful in a sense. You it know, really is, you, yeah. You become that caterpillar to the butterfly. Yes. So I, I'm super excited that you're doing your program and yeah. helping so many people. Yeah, I'm enjoying it. I definitely, I'm trying to be the person that I wish I had as a one L. Right. Yeah. I'm a first generation lawyer. I had absolutely no clue what I was getting into. None at all. And so there's more and more first-generation lawyers, first-generation college students Mm -hmm. at that, that are pursuing law, and law schools aren't giving them enough and what they really need, and I'm trying to, like, hold them up and make sure they know what they're worth and that they can get through this and be a badass lawyer regardless of what anybody tells them. Yeah. So if anyone listening wants you to be their coach, where can they find you? Um, You can check out my Instagram, legally underscore Madison, or my website, madisonbodison.com. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks, gals. Thank you. Whoever said to not send cold emails in order to get a job? Liar. Yeah. I don't know who you are, and we never figured out who you were after the interview, but this is specifically towards you. Please stop saying that to law students because I swear everyone I know that has gotten a job that they love is literally from like just showing up and like presenting yourself or cold emailing or cold calling. Um, so just I thought that was an important, you know, little antidote. You're like, it's so important. It's the first thing I'm thinking about. <laughs> no, absolutely. I totally agree with you, Samantha. And also we learned so much from Madison. I know I really enjoyed just her transparency about mental health and what she struggled with and how she's gone to counseling and how she takes medication because I am right there with her. And I see a lot of myself in her in the too loud and too argumentative as a young woman. And it's just exciting to see that there is a career path where we can take all those attributes and really use them to make money and be successful and advocate for our clients. I think some of us um, who are have been told that we were too loud, I think that that makes us some of the best advocates for our clients because we truly care about them and are willing to lay it all out there. So, you know, if you are in law school and you're feeling down, you're not alone. If you're feeling nervous and stressed and you have imposter syndrome, you're not alone. And we hope that this episode just really painted that picture. 
And if you want to talk to Madison or get some insight on what she does, go to her website. It's madisonbodison.com. And she has all of her um, consulting packages on there. And she's a great resource. So definitely take advantage of it. Absolutely, you guys. She also has a few photos where she dressed up like Elle Woods and she did some like recreations and they're absolutely fabulous. So make sure and follow her on Instagram and check those out. We love Madison and we're so happy to have her on the podcast. As always, guys, you can find us on Instagram as well. DM us if you have any topic ideas or questions you want to throw our way. You can also email us. And as always, like us on Facebook and join our Facebook group. We say it every episode, but we really mean it. There are so many good conversations going on in the Facebook group about LSAT, so much about LSAT. So many of you guys are pre-law students, and you know that's also why we wanted to bring Madison on so that we could talk about and really help you guys understand what you can expect when you go to law school. And also, don't forget, we did drop new merch. Um, so check that out and let us know what you guys think. And if you ever have ideas for cute merch, like always send them our way because we, um, are kind of obsessed with making it. So if you send it to us, we will make it. Yeah, seriously. The tortfeasor, getting tortfeasor, we're going to court. That was a OG listener and follower of our Instagram idea. So you never know, you might be seeing some of your ideas on our merch. Just let us know what they are. And on that note. Stay healthy, stay safe, wash your hands, and yeah, we'll talk to you next time. Yeah, guys, we'll talk to you next week. Bye. Bye.